Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Pastor Matters podcast. The episode you're about to listen to on pastors and COVID-19 was recorded a few weeks ago. Since then, we've had seen plenty of developments in how churches are responding to these events. I want to let you know up front that this episode is not a response to any recent developments, nor is it a response to any particular church. However, we hope this conversation and the principles we discuss will be edifying to you as you lead your churches through this difficult time. So thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Welcome to the Pastors Matters podcast. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Joy Locke. And we want to thank you again for listening to our first official episode Today we're going to talk about a topic, Franjour, that you and I have spent a great deal discussing over the past few months, COVID-19. But we're specifically going to talk about uh, pastoring uh, during this time of unrest and and pandemic. Um, And as we're recording this episode, COVID-19 continues to wreak havoc in hospitals, communities, uh, and churches all over the globe. Um, The pandemic has, has forced churches to cancel events, conferences, and has even caused churches to live stream their services rather than having uh, in-person gatherings. Uh, So my first question for you, uh, Ranjur, is what has your reaction been to this pandemic over the past few months? What what have been some things that have encouraged you? Uh, And what are some things that have been kind of discouraging to you over the past few months? Hmm. Well, uh, first off, I've been much more reminded of uh, the frailty of human life. Hmm. Uh, it is it is amazing that we could we could think with all of our technology we could think with with all of our infrastructure uh, we could think with with the uh, the accomplishments that we have made as humans that it would take an invisible virus to shut the entire planet down mm. uh, that that is astonishing to me uh, we think that we are so big. We think that we are invincible as humans, and yet we're all wearing masks and and we're going around uh, six feet apart from each other and and so on because all it takes is one sneeze or or maybe even one hug uh, or something like that, and and all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, someone could be on a ventilator. Uh, that is astonishingly humbling. Uh, it, it's been humbling to me over the last few uh, last few months. Uh, it's been humbling to uh, to lose loved ones, as I've uh, had a couple of folks. Um, one who was a dear friend of the family, the other was a, a family member uh, who have lost their lives to COVID nineteen. Uh, not to mention many uh, others who know others and friends of friends and family members of friends and so on. So uh, that part has been uh, very form- uh, formative for me over the last few years to remember uh, my, uh, my, my mortality, to remember that I'm only here for a moment, uh, to remember that my life is indeed a vapor. I've been encouraged to see how people have uh, responded 
uh, how people have reacted. Uh, I've, I've been really encouraged to see how churches have, have reacted and banded together or even little things like uh, towns uh, that will have drive throughs you know, uh, going past uh, high school or college graduate uh, homes and honking the horns and celebrating uh, with them and things like that. It's been amazing to see how the Lord has has wired us as humans uh, that even when we are distanced from each other we still long for community and we still long for uh, relationship we still long to be together that's been that's been amazing it, it has been discouraging though from a ministry standpoint and that uh, a lot of the opportunities that I had to preach uh, this year uh, went up in smoke right around mm. March uh, uh, even as a Southern Baptist knowing that uh, the annual meeting was going to be canceled that was that was difficult for me because it's a bit of a family reunion for me uh, to go to uh, the annual meeting and see friends from uh, all over the country and even all over the world that gather together uh, uh, in our convention of churches and so I, I, I miss those types of things those things are a bit discouraging but but at the same time there are also encouraging in that it reminded me just how precious these things are yeah uh, how precious it is to gather together as a church how precious it is to have time uh, even downtime with family and with friends and uh, of course how how precious it is to see neighborhoods and communities and so on uh, uh, learn how to love one another love neighbor love uh, uh, even uh, those who are different from us and so on it's been really uh, encouraging to see that these things really do matter to a lot of people uh, and unfortunately it took losing a lot of the freedom of this uh, in order for us to see just how precious it is yeah I mean you and I have been talking about this virus since December and we've we've, mm-hmm. we've seen kind of how it started in, in, in China and we've watched it and it, just the the amount of time and how quickly it, it became you know in our faces and has caused us to adapt rather quickly has been quite shocking just to, to see but I, you know I, I agree with you I've been encouraged a lot by just how churches have responded and and am grateful for you know the opportunities that we have to spend you know more time probably than we ever have with our families but you know, it, it's definitely um, apparent that this has been a very difficult time to lead uh, the flock, you know, to, to lead churches during this time. I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, more difficult questions. Um, you know, the virus has caused certain parts of the country uh, to shut down. Uh, some are not as restricted as others. Um, and we've seen uh, these restrictions uh, put in place by the government cause um, some confusion, you know, among congregations and churches on how to handle, you know, having services. There are guidelines for if you do have your, your services inside, guidelines if you have it outside. Um, there's even uh, been recent, you know, reports of, of congregational singing uh, being um, restricted. How should pastors respond to government restrictions? You know, should we obey the government when they, when they basically say, hey, it, it's, not, uh, it's not the right time for you to meet? Or, hey, maybe you, you shouldn't you shouldn't sing. You know what? What should pastors do? How should they respond? And how should they lead their congregations in following? You know, the following them as they they respond. Yeah, this is a very difficult question. If you just kind of step back a little bit and and think through the different factors uh, and, and and pieces of this question, we have elements of should we obey God uh, or should we obey man. There are questions regarding uh, love of, of, of your neighbor, love of your, of your fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, your fellow church members. 
there are issues of government and the role of government and is the government actually able to tell churches not to meet and not to gather? Is that a violation of religious liberty and, and things like that? I obviously am one voice in all of this, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain that uh, that there will be somebody that will disagree. Uh, and there's always that one. There's always one, and, and that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. But I think in this matter, I don't think that this is an issue of, of religious liberty hmm. uh, for this reason. Even if we're not able to gather together for a moment, we do have, and, and it's been evidenced over the last few months, we do have other ways that we can gather together, uh, whether it be gathering online through you know, virtual uh, uh, services together, uh, things like that, whether it be gathering together in smaller groups uh, if the, you know, when the restrictions were less than 10, uh, then that provided an opportunity for small groups uh, to get together and, and to fellowship with one another. And nobody prohibited that. Nobody said that that was against the law or anything like that. The issue is not about the, uh, the assembling together of the believers as it is the health and the safety of those who are gathering together. Uh, that is a government issue. Uh, obviously, the health and well-being of the citizens should be something that, that a particular government should care about. Uh, and, and so in, the, in those moments, I think that we have to stop and think about what is uh, best for our church members. There are other ways that we can uh, minister to one another. There are other ways that we can have uh, fellowship with one another, even if it is for a temporary season while we await the time when we are able then to gather together as a local body. I think that we are to obey Caesar. Uh, as, as the scriptures would, uh, would tell us to do, to, uh, to respect those and to obey those who are in uh, uh, governing authority over us, uh, provided that we are uh, not violating any particular command in scripture. Now, the Lord does say in Hebrews 10 that we are not to forsake the assembling together. Uh, but the question is, uh, is the assembling together of the saints in Hebrews 10 only referring to Sunday morning? Uh, I think that it refers to more than Sunday morning. I think that it refers to the regular fellowship of the saints as we gather together, as we do life with one another, as we enjoy community and uh, fellowship and relationship with one another as the family of God. Uh, now, the primarily that has to do with the Sunday morning service, um, but it's not restricted to the Sunday morning service. So even if we're not able to gather together on Sundays, with one as one big uh, congregation, uh, we can, for temporary purposes, find other smaller avenues to gather together. And hopefully, in God's grace, that would stir in us a deeper longing and appreciation for when we are able to gather together as one local body. Now, if it seems like the government is, is overstepping a little bit, if it seems like they're being overly restrictive of religious gatherings, uh, but you know there are other gatherings that they you know, aren't being as restrictive about, well, then our, in our free society, there may be an opportunity for you to voice your concerns uh, mm -hmm. with your governing officials. Uh, but we should do so with respect. We should do so, uh, obviously, re uh, honoring and respecting those that God has placed in authority over us. 
But barring anything like that, I think that this would be the time where we show uh, that we are um, going to submit to those who are in authority. And, uh, and I don't think that it is necessarily a detriment to the local church, but it could actually enhance our appreciation for what God has given us in our local church. Mm, that's good. That's real good. Since you brought it up, um, you know, talking about how we are, you know, a lot of churches have been live streaming and, and possibly as this episode is being played in, on radios or on cell phones, maybe churches have been able to gather together. Um, what would you say to pastors who are worried about how this effect might have on their congregation? You know, this idea mm-hmm. of, you know, I, I haven't haven't been going to church. I've been doing it online. Why can't we do this all the time? You know, I, it, it's, it's quite convenient being able to keep my pajamas on and have a bowl of cereal when I watch the pastor preach. You know, what, what would you say to a pastor just trying to communicate that, that why, yes, this is necessary for a time, this is not the way the church is designed to operate or to be? Yeah, and I think this is where Hebrews 10, 25 and following, or 24 and 25, where it actually does come into play. Mm. Because now we're talking about the issue of neglecting to meet together, forsaking the assembly, and, and so on. Uh, God has so wired the church, he's so uh, constructed the church, that that we are at our best when we are uh, together in embodied fellowship and communion with one another. Uh, now, in a pandemic, this is where it gets a little dicey, and we got to figure out how we can do so in such a way that will keep people healthy and keep people safe and, and, and things like that. But that's not the norm. Hmm. The norm is that brothers and sisters in Christ who have covenanted together in membership are gathering together, working towards, uh, as, as Hebrews 10 would say, stirring one another up to love and good works. Uh, I do that best when I am with my members, my fellow brothers and sisters. Uh, I am able to not just uh, say it, I could do that over text, uh, but to model it, I've got to be with you yeah. and you've got to be with me. Uh, one of the things I used to say uh, when I was pastoring is that when when you are not with us, uh, it hurts the it hurts your leadership, your pastor, your elders, and so forth. Uh, it hurts your fellow church members, and it ultimately hurts yourself. Mm. Uh, and and here are the reasons uh, for the pastor and for you know the others that are in leadership, they are tasked by God to shepherd the flock. Well, if you are not there it makes it much more difficult for them to shepherd you well. Uh, They know how to shepherd best when they actually have time with you. And the gatherings that we have are able to provide that. Uh, Also, you hurt the church members because you have been given uh, gifts by the Holy Spirit. You've been given uh, special skills and uh, and, an empowerment by the Holy Spirit to serve the local church for the edification of the body. You 
edify the body best when you are with the body, much like uh, my arm, you know, benefits me best when my arm is attached to my body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, cut my arm off and throw it, you know, across the country. And, you know, it may be a wonderful arm, but it doesn't help me much. You know, my arm helps me best when it is connected to the rest of my body. And in much the same way, you help the body best when you stay connected to the body in uh, in fellowship and in, as I said before, an embodied uh, community. Uh, and also it hurts you because your pastor, your leadership, and your members, they have covenanted before God to uh, oversee your life and to oversee uh, your uh, uh, walk with the Lord as well. And so if you are disconnected, not only are you not able to serve the body, but the body is 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 actually inhibited from serving you too. So uh, all of those things, I think, come from uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Also, you could think Romans 12, you could think 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and other places like that. I am. Uh, we are able to love one another best, which is the great commandment, the new commandment that our Lord has given us, when we are together. And so, uh, this is this season here is not the norm. It's it's a temporary a moment for us as as brothers and sisters in Christ. But please don't use that as an excuse for you to the ne- uh, to neglect the yeah. norm. In order for the church to be visible, we have to be together. Exactly. And, and we recognize that this is a time where. Um, for some churches, it's best to not be together and mm-hmm. to do things live stream. But but when we are able, we need to to commit to be back together again so that we can be visible. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like that that uh, you know being in the South and Mississippi. You know, we think of church as a building, but the church is not the building. The church is the people. Right. Um, and in order for the church to be the church, we have to gather. Without the people, there's no church. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of thinking that, I thought that was very helpful, uh, just that illustration. I really want to get this question in because I think it's it's very applicable mm-hmm. uh, not only to COVID-19 but beyond um, because it's an issue that we always deal with uh, as pastors and churches, and that's division, uh, potential division in the church. We see that COVID-19 has uh, presented opportunities for the church to be divided. You yeah. know, you have some some members who— who see that uh, COVID-19 is not as bad as what's being portrayed in the media. Um, some go so far to say that it might be a hoax. And then you have some that, that are very cautious and very aware that, um, that COVID-19 is a threat. Um, you have some members in the church that, that want to wear masks. And then you have others that feel that it's their right to not have to wear masks. So that there's plenty of opportunities for, for division in the church. How should pastors work to unify the church during this time, how can they deal with those 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 members on both sides um, to look past that um, for the for the sake of the church and for the sake of the gospel? Yeah, well, once again, we're we're coming back to what it means to be the church, uh, and and we come back to that image that the Lord has given to us that the church is His body. Uh, the church is is a body, and so uh, there are many who would like to say, you know, let's just move on and, and let's just do business as usual, and and this is all, you know, one big conspiracy and and things like that. Uh, but what what tends to happen is uh, they're overlooking 
those who may be in real danger, who may be in, in real, uh, who may have a real concern uh, with their health, whether it be the elderly uh, or whether it be you know those with pre-existing conditions, things like that. And in that case, then you have to say, as a fellow member of the body, uh, when one person is uh, concerned or one person is hurting or or one person is uh, is is in a position of, of potential suffering or or things like that, that is something for the entire body to bear and mm. for the entire body to consider. That's good. Uh, First Corinthians uh, twelve uh, talks about that very much when we when referring to uh, the body of Christ. It says uh, that if one member suffers in verse twenty six, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So there's this sense that if one thing is happening to one, the whole body experiences that. And and we obviously don't have to go uh, too far with that illustration. You just have to think about the last time you stubbed your toe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, you're walking uh, in the dark and apparently you're a little bit overconfident. You think you know exactly where the uh, the nightstand is at your, uh, your um, in your bedroom or so. And, and there goes the pinky toe. You just whacked the, <laughs> the side of the nightstand. And at that moment, it is not just your pinky toe that feels the pain. That pain shoots through your entire body and you know you wince you cringe you do all of these different things you may even with your mouth say ah you know and all of that well nothing happened to your mouth it happened to your pinky toe but when one part of your body is in pain it has this tendency to affect the entire body uh well that's how we need to consider one another in the local church uh if one person is concerned then that should be all of our concern uh, if one person is uh, having a hard time, uh, then we need to see what we need to do as a body to make sure that, that person uh, feels uh, feels better, that, that person feels more safe, and and so on in the body. And obviously, that uh, is the very mind of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul said in Philippians two. Uh, he said that we are to do nothing from selfish ambition or or conceit. But in humility, we're to count others more significant than ourselves. And we'll let each of you, he says, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And of course, the capstone of that instruction is in verse five. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Hmm. We are to think, how can we serve one another? How can we take the form of a of a, a bond servant? How can we humble ourselves uh, so that the other uh, person, our fellow brother, fellow sister in Christ, uh, may um, uh, be more blessed uh, in our fellowship together? If that means that I have to wear a mask, if that's the least that I can do uh, to ensure that my brother or my sister is uh, is is going to be okay uh, in the long term, then then that's perfectly fine to do so. And so, as a pastor, you have to make sure that you are uh, are shepherding your people to think like Jesus. Mm. And that doesn't mean that we take our own rights and privileges and so on and we kind of use them against one another, but rather that we gladly lay those things down in love for our fellow brother or sister in Christ. Uh, my prayer, of course, is that your people, uh, your congregation uh, would uh, would follow that instruction and, of course, that you as pastor would model that very well uh, as their shepherd. Mm. That's good. Uh, one thing I want to do before we before we end this episode is I want to briefly discuss an article that uh, Dr. Chuck Lawless wrote recently about pastors and COVID-19. Uh, and I just want to, I'm not going to go through the whole article, but I do want to point out specific things because there's a question that I want to ask. 
Uh, in his article, uh, Dr. Lawless said gave six reasons why he believes that some pastors might resign soon after the COVID-19 crisis ends. And I want to read the last two. Uh, he says, uh, for reason number five, some I fear will resign because of marital or family issues uh, caused by stress, uh, the stress of uh, the day uncertainty that's, that we're living in right now. Uh, and then for reason six, he says some, uh, particularly those uh, who did not quickly learn to shepherd their church from a social distance, may have lost a little bit of their heart for their congregation. Mm. So how can pastors take this time that they've been given, uh, specifically for their families, to shepherd their souls, their family's souls, but yet still have that sense of longing uh, to be with their congregations again, to not let this time of social distance uh, and uh, prevent their desires from being stirred to be with their congregations again? Yeah, yeah. Well, for one thing, uh, it is the the heart of a true shepherd uh, to care for the sheep. Uh, you remember the analogy in John ten about the hired hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Lord says, "I am the the good shepherd. I, I lay down my life for the sheep." The hired hand, he sees the wolf coming and he runs out of dodge. <laughs> he's he's not getting paid yeah. enough for that, uh, and he <laughs> he jumps the fence and and uh, he gets out of there. Uh, I think that this may be one of those seasons where the Lord is is testing to see who the real shepherds are, mm. uh, the ones who have the uh, the ones who truly do have a heart for for their flocks and a heart for the people. I, I'll be honest with you, it is hard. It is hard. Uh, I, I've never pastored in a pandemic uh, before, uh, but I've definitely uh, pastored in crises before. Uh, uh, community crises, uh, national crises before. And and I know during those times that the one place that I would love to be is with my wife and with my children uh, to make sure that they're okay, uh, to make sure that, that uh, their uh, hearts and their souls are, are um, going through uh, these, these situations well, uh, that the enemy doesn't have an opportunity uh, to hijack their faith uh, and so on. But as a pastor, I, I can't pastor without thinking about my people, mm. without thinking about my flock and, and how are they doing. You know, I know the ones uh, emotionally and mentally where, where a situation like this could rock them. Uh, and and my, my, my knee-jerk response, you know, my instinct as a shepherd is to call them up or, or to shoot them a text at the very least to say, hey, how you doing? You know, uh, to pray for them uh, and to uh, and to intercede uh, for uh, for God's grace on their lives and so on. Perhaps that's the that's the place to start for pastors. Because I mean, a lot of the people in your congregation they may not have families. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people in our church that you know, this has been difficult for them because they don't have anybody there with them. They've had to yeah. endure this time of social distancing alone. Yeah, uh, and so for many, the pastor is kind of that person for them that mm-hmm. they can you know, so they don't feel isolated, that they can feel like they can talk to somebody and have somebody there that's encouraging them and supporting them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and, and for pastors uh, who are listening, I, w- I want you to stop and think, is, is it easier for you to love the people that you pray for? Or uh, is it easier for you to love people when you don't pray for them? Mm. 
I've found that the uh, the more frequently I pray, the more frequently I intercede for uh, for others, the more the Lord warms my heart, you know, uh, towards them. Uh, so during this time, uh, I, I really want you to want you to think about about this. You know, how how often do I pray for my people? How often do I do I intercede on their behalf? Uh, perhaps you may have some type of email chain or something like that that shoots out prayer requests and so on. How often do you pray for them? Hmm. How, or, or, or do you just kind of look at it and scroll you know, to the next prayer, uh, the next uh, email or, or something like that? Uh, do you take the time? And, and perhaps for you, it may be hours, you know, depending on the size of your congregation or depending on the, the issues that they're facing. Do you spend hours in prayer over your people? It's really hard for you to check out uh, when you are uh, devoting yourself to prayer. Uh, prayer for them, prayer for their well-being, prayer for their families, prayer for the situations that they're in. Uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's easier for us to, uh, to be there for our, our wives and for our children. Uh, they're in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know their needs and their concerns and things like that because they're right here in front of my face. Uh, but when you are interceding for your flock, when you're praying for your brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, it's as if the Lord is knitting your hearts together, uh, your heart together with their hearts, so that even though there may be distance for a moment, your heart still yearns for them and longs for them. I'll give you a great example. If you read First Thessalonians, uh, you notice that Paul and, and his team there, they wanted so badly to be with the Thessalonians. Mm. Distance did not, uh, uh, or, or what was the, what's the old adage? Absence did not make, uh, or did, uh, absence did, I guess in this case, make their hearts grow fonder. Uh, uh, social distance shouldn't bring distance, if you will, in terms of our affection or our hearts or or anything like that. Uh, rather, we could learn from the Apostle Paul about uh, how he longed to be with brothers and sisters in Christ and how that distance only uh, made his heart grow fonder yeah, I think for of them. Philippians, you know, he, t- he tells the, the Philippians, you know, I yearn yeah. for you with the affection of Christ. I mean, that that's something huge. You yeah. know? And, uh, you know, if there's anything this pandemic has taught us is that we make a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, God has given us a lot of time uh, and it's 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 amazing to see how quick our hearts and our affections, by default, want to turn to something inward. Yeah. You know, we so many times I've thought I would do this if I had more time. I would do that better if I had more time. What this pandemic has taught me is that all of that was just pure nonsense. Mm. You know that, mm. and so we just want to encourage pastors to to take this time. Um, to shepherd their families well, to shepherd their flocks well, but to shepherd themselves well. Um, the the past your your health is very important, um, and so we just want to encourage you with that. One last question, Professor Locke. Mm-hmm. You're talking to pastors right now, kind of going off of what we just talked about. What are some words of encouragement for them as they continue to shepherd their flocks during this difficult season? I mean, we we've talked about the pandemic, but we've also had other things going on. I mean, we're we're coming up on an election. We have, you know, um, some racial tension that's going on in our country. There's so many things out there right now. Um, what can pastors be encouraged by? What are ways that, that we can, what are some words that you can give them to, to be encouraged during this time? Yeah. 
Well, for starters, uh, be encouraged uh, that this isn't new. Mm. It's new to you. <laughs> Pandemic is new to all of us, uh, but, but it's not new. Uh, the church has gone through this before, uh, and, and she's, she's strong. Uh, she has been able to weather the storms. Uh, as our Lord has already said, on the grander scale, he will build his church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against her. Uh, and I believe that that even includes pandemics. Hmm. Uh, the church will be strong. Uh, and so rest assured uh, that you are not on a sinking ship, uh, but rather uh, you are on uh, the only ship that is strong and steady uh, that will make it safely uh, to shore in due time. So be encouraged with that. Also be encouraged that you're not alone. Uh, there are many, many other pastors who are navigating uh, this season uh, together with you. Uh, there are many who, uh, who have faced some of the discouragement as you have. Maybe they faced some, some of the disorientation uh, that you've experienced uh, as, as so many things have been moved around and so many things have seemed to uh, gone a little uh, topsy-turvy on you, uh, you're not alone in all of this. Uh, not only do you have a band of brothers all over the world who are shepherding the flock with you, uh, but also realize that the great shepherd is with you, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he has not left his, his seat at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he is still, even now as we speak, interceding on your behalf. And we know that the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf as well. You have the Godhead of all the beings in the universe. You have God himself, Father, Son, and Spirit, who are watching over you, who are very much uh, interested in, uh, in your well-being and in your care. And, and so be encouraged by that and also be encouraged that you do have uh, a flock uh, who does love you. I know that there may be some church members who, who, who may not have your best interests in mind, uh, but, but please know that you do have folks in your church who are praying for you. You do have folks in your church who are uh, like Moses, uh, kind of the guys that were on the side that were lifting up his arms uh, when he would get weary and tired. Uh, you do have folks who are there uh, to, to keep you lifted and folks who are there to, uh, to, to make sure that, uh, that even when you are tired, the Lord uh, hears your cry because they're praying on your behalf. Be encouraged by those things. Get some good rest. Uh, it, it, I know it feels like in this moment, uh, it just seems like there's never uh, rest for the weary, uh, but get some good rest. Sleep well. Uh, enjoy a day you know, walking with your wife and kids and enjoy uh, time out you know, at the park or at the, at the beach or, or in the woods or wherever you go just to get away. Uh, enjoy those moments uh, because those moments are necessary to refresh you and to recharge you, especially in the moments when you're feeling down and weary. It, this is but a moment. Mm. This is just a moment. Uh, and if you are faithful, uh, the Lord will see you through. And so be encouraged by that, Pastor. That's great. That's great. Brother, it's it's always good to, to talk with you about all of these different things, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to us. Be on the lookout. Each week we want to bring you a topic that is related to preaching and pastoral ministry and hopes to equip and to encourage you because that is the mission of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership. So we hope you have a blessed week. Uh, rest up, and thanks for listening. All right, and as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.